Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott, and hello. Welcome, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. Scott, I noticed that over the weekend, we had 38,000 downloads for our podcast in the last year, and it seems like it's growing every day. I know you're doing podcasts Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm joining you on Thursdays a lot. And so we've got four days a week that we're we're producing this podcast now. And I want to thank you and thank you all, all of our listeners for making this a top-rated podcast. John Quick is with us as our co-host today. He's always there in the great province of Nikiski on the Kenai <laughs> Peninsula. John, you have some stats to report about our iTunes progress. I do. Thank you so much, Suzanne. John Quick here from the, uh, the great area of the Kenai Peninsula. And, you know, uh, for those of you that don't know, iTunes uh, houses some of the biggest podcast names out there, and they rank, let's say, news, the news category or the tech category, in our case, the government category, and they rank the top 200 podcasts in each one of those categories, and people fight, and they try to get into that top 200 because it's a big deal to get into that top 200. Well, over the weekend, we hit number 38, which is huge. Yes. We beat folks that uh, Politico, who has their own government podcast. The BBC has a number of different government podcasts in there. Big time, well-funded, super staffed podcasts. We kicked in the rear and we made it all the way up to number 38 over the weekend. And we're pretty excited about that. Well, that's kind of like being in the top 40 on the, on the, on the charts. I think that's great. So congratulations to us. And, and Scott, I don't know if you have any confetti you can throw on the mic, but hey, this would be the time to do it. Champagne for everybody. That's just amazing. I've, I've, you know, it's been fun. It's been a, a year and a, and a month, and we've had a, a blast doing it. And so, for all you listeners, if you want to keep uh, the freedom vibe going here in Alaska and help us bring the conservative news to you, just hit that donate button on the right side of the page. It really helps us a lot at mustreadalaska.com. And I am in Skagway today, John. I'm just soaking up the sun. Um, nice. It's very it's soaking up the breeze. It's very breezy here. Skagway is really quiet at this time of year. Um, no tourists at all, except me last night. I walked down the middle of the street, just not a person in sight. The border opened this morning and Canadians who are vaccinated against COVID, they can now travel to the US, which is all fine and well, but we're not really seeing any of them here in Skagway because to get back into their own country, they have to have a negative COVID test. Now they can't get here unless they're vaccinated, but they can't get back unless they're vaccinated plus a negative COVID test. And that costs them like 300 bucks. So uh, you're not gonna see a lot of Canadians just coming over here just to go to the Skyway Brewing Company, although that would be a good place to go. Not saying anything bad about that. That's one of my favorite places. It's just a, a, a big expense, but um, some of them have their boats down here in the harbor, and they're going to probably spend the money to come down here and check them and get them ready for winter because, um, you know, the snow and the wind will come. So, John, what's going on in the Kenai, the great kingdom of the Kenai? Well, we uh, we got a very scathing, very amazing uh, opinion uh, letter that the mayor of the borough, Mayor Charlie Pierce, sent to uh, really elected officials all over the state, to the, to the state uh, house and the state senate. 
and I'll just read a line here and then I'll talk about it for a second. He says this in the opening paragraph, people are losing trust in the election process and elected officials. Doing nothing in Juneau is getting old and people are fed up. Have we forgotten that we who are elected serve at the pleasure of the people who elected us? And I think that that is a nuisance and a uh, thing that also rings true for so many people in Alaska. They watch our elected officials go to Juneau and collectively as a whole over the last, let's just take the last 12 months, they have not been able to accomplish what they set out to. It's not a personal attack on an individual house member or an individual senator. It's a, it's a collective uh, uh, thought on what they've accomplished as a whole. And Mayor Charlie Pierce has put his stamp on. They, haven't, they have not accomplished anything. They have not accomplished what they said they're gonna do. And they haven't accomplished even anything in between that. And that's right. Uh, this rang true for a lot of folks. This, this article got uh, tons and tons of comments, tons and tons of likes, and it was seen all over the state. And people, people were chiming in, Charlie should run for governor. The Dunleavy should select Charlie as the lieutenant governor. And, you know, Charlie, Charlie's a guy who says what he thinks and thinks what he says, and, and uh, people like him for that. Yeah, yeah. That uh, particular column has had uh, 42 comments on it, which is, you know, pretty high. That's that's in the high range for for columns on Must Read Alaska. And basically, he was really very concerned about voter integrity. We see uh, in his opening statement in his, his op-ed, he said, people are losing faith in the election system. And that's very dangerous when people are losing faith in their election system. But we are hearing it constantly from people who say, why can't we just have voter ID? You have to have a vaccine to get into a restaurant in, in places. Why can't you show your, your ID to, to vote? And it just makes no sense at all. Things like um, election fraud here in Alaska, the, the, the bottom line is he just wants us to do a better job. And so he's sort of sounding the alarm that things are not well in the kingdom of Alaska with voting and not well all over the, the United States. Uh, people are feeling the same way. That's just a reflection of it up here. We're a little bit slower on the ball to, to, to catch on to this, this sense around the country because we always thought maybe we had the, some of the better elections, but no more. I mean, you saw them in Anchorage. People were very discouraged about uh, the, the clerk and how she handles things down there. Well, listen, um, we have a very special guest. I don't want to just just belabor that point, but give our, give our regards to uh, Mayor Charlie Pearson. Let me know we appreciated that that op-ed he sent in. But we have a guest with us today that that we want to get to. And Stephanie Taylor, if you're on the line, just give give me the high sign there. Give me a shout. There. I am here. I am here uh, alive and well. Thank you for having me. It's so great to have you on the show. And I know you're, you've got a busy schedule because you are running for Anchorage Assembly. And you announced several weeks ago, and it was a very exciting thing that you actually, I think, announced at Must Read Alaska that you were running, and I was honored that you did so, against Forrest Dunbar in the East Anchorage seat that he and some of the Democrats have really occupied for the last uh, three years. And I just um, I wanted you to just take some time today and, and introduce our listeners to who you are. And John, if you're over there in the Kiski, and I know that Stephanie wouldn't be representing you, but this is a, uh, this is a happening person. This is an up-and-coming person. This is somebody that really... Uh, has a voice and 
the world will hear, will hear from her, I guarantee you. Um, a lot of people told you, Stephanie, that it was time for you to run. And, and you've been a, a mom, you've raised great kids, and you've been a volunteer on campaigns. You've done door knocking for other candidates. You've run um, civic lessons, civic classes for teenagers uh, across the state. But what finally convinced you it was the right thing to do? Well, I think, yeah, like you said, I have... I've been asked for a number of years to run and it was never the right time in my life. Um, with five children, uh, my oldest is 29, my youngest is 17, he's a senior in high school. So he's the last birdie in the nest. And um, just a few things changed in my personal life that gave me a little bit more freedom and more time. And looking at just the scope of what's been going on in Anchorage, I just realized that I could not sit by any longer. At some point you recognize that you have to do more. I mean, um, I've been testifying, I've been writing, I've been attending meetings, um, speaking out on things, um, election observing, all sorts of different things. But um, some, you know, at some point people have to step up and I was able to do that. And so I just decided it was time to step out of the boat and throw my hat in the ring. Um, so. Yeah. Well, I just I just love the way you mix those metaphors because I love hats and I love boats. And now you're, you're, you've thrown your hat in the ring and you've got your <laughs> your 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 boat in the water. It's like that's all all fine and well. So I know you've got an amazing husband. I had a chance to meet him at one of your first fundraisers. I think it was your first fundraiser. I, it was the first time I met your husband. And you've got great kids, and they're all being very supportive of this as well. And this is tough stuff being in an election, but it's kind of a family event, isn't it? It's a big family affair. Well, yeah, we did have to discuss it as a family. And, um, you know, there were different opinions, but yeah, they are all, they have all been very supportive. We don't all necessarily see things the same, but that's okay. Um, but we do, we have a really supportive family and I am really thankful for that. Um, but yeah, without Mike, there's no way I could do this. Um, he is a rock star and he has been, um, he's got my back and it's, it just is comforting to know because it's, you know, it's kind of a scary thing, but it's, I'm also thinking of it as a great adventure. So yeah, and he's he's a great guy, and I look forward to getting to know him more as well as I as we go down this road. Now, you have lived in Alaska, and in fact, you've lived in that East Anchorage district most of your life. If I'm not mistaken, you moved there when you were in grade school, uh, and it came with a military family. And tell us about that. Well, we did. Um, I it'll be 51 years next month since we moved to Alaska. My dad was in the Air Force. This was his last uh, change of station and he, my parents loved it here and they retired. But actually I lived in South Anchorage um, when we first, um, after my dad retired, I went to Diamond High School, graduated from there. And then um, when I came back from college in 1985, um, I, lived downtown for quite a while. But when I met my husband in 1989 and we got married, that's when I moved to the east side. So I've mm -hmm. been an east sider for about 32 years now. And um, it's just been, you know, my mother-in-law lived over here, my sister-in-law, my parents. Um, it's been interesting because when my, my parents had left and when they came back, they also moved to the east side so that we were all close together. So um, yeah, I've, we've been here, our kids were all born at the same hospital. They were all born at Alaska Regional, two of them mm -hmm. in the same room. We have five children, um, 29, 28, 26, 22, and 17. And we homeschooled all the way through. Um, 
we got to do lots of different things in our homeschooling. Um, they took classes at other places, they played sports at other schools, uh, but it was a really nice mix of things and it gave them um, lots of opportunities. And three of our four that are in college age now have graduated and um, David is still um, doing online classes and working. Um, he is, he's married and so he's supporting his wife and working. Um, actually, it was King Career Center that um, he went through one of their programs and got the uh, certifications that he's now using to support his family, which is pretty cool. So, so kids are kids. Kids are a blend of uh, homeschooling, which I admire. That five kids in homeschooling, and but also with some of the resources of the of the district as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I think King Career Center is the best kept secret in this district. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that on another show. Go ahead, John. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, I got a question for you. So, sure. you know, I, I don't live in Anchorage. I live outside Anchorage and somebody that kind of watches the assembly from afar, I think the average person looks at it and it, they just see chaos and they see um, uh, a lack of focus. What are a couple things that you could, uh, you would say that you would focus on if you win? If you, if we're a year from now and you look back and you could point to a couple things that maybe you accomplished or you focused on, what are a couple of those things and why should they be important to folks that live in your district? One of the things that's really important to me is the way uh, the assembly treats people. Um, I think just being more kind and more compassionate, having more empathy. Um, one comment that I get from people a lot is just the sense that there's a disdain for their constituency. And it, you know, it does cut both ways because people can be really rude and they're very frustrated and that comes out often in their comments. But just having more civility and respect and um, seems like the assembly spends a lot of time patting each other on the back. And I don't really think that's really serving the people. That's not why they're there. Um, so bringing a little more civility to that and also two other things. Um, the homelessness issue. Uh, they finally started to get some traction on that, but that is thankfully because of our new mayor. Uh, the assembly had a lot of time. They had the mayor and they had the majority on the assembly and did very little to really advance solving the problems. And that's a concern. Um, we gotta do something more than just shuffling people from shelter to shelter because they're still homeless and we need to uh, get our city back. Um, so that's a big one. And then another concern that I've also heard from people as I've been meeting people is the mail-in election. I think it's very problematic. Um, it is incredibly time consuming. It's very expensive. And um, I think it's very subjective in some ways. So that's a concern. And I think Suzanne mentioned that earlier about election integrity and that voter integrity and all of that. So. Yeah, that we, that's very interesting because I, I'm hearing that from people time and again. Uh, in fact, I've I've heard from several people about this mail-in election about how their signature did not um, match up with their driver's license signature, so they it got kicked out. Even though the place where you sign the driver's license is really small and it is hard to get your proper signature on there, so people who get their driver's licenses don't realize that they may be denied the chance to vote later in the future if they don't get that driver's license signature right. And it just doesn't seem like it should be like that. And when they go down to um, to drop their 
their ballots in the mail, if they don't get the cancellation, if the post office doesn't cancel it, then they could have their ballot just disre- disregarded. In fact, right. that happened um, just a, a last last week, Juno or last month, Juno had its election and Juno allowed the um, Anchorage election office to do their processing of their ballots. And so all the Junoites mailed their ballots up to Anchorage and Anchorage processed them. There were over 200 ballots that didn't get a, a, a stamp cancellation from the post office. They arrived, but they hadn't been canceled. So they were discarded. Over 200 people had oh their votes. God. Yep. And then by the time they found that out, it was too late to fix. Too late. Right. Right. So we've got that's some a, issues. And that's kind of classic. The, the majority of this assembly, and when I say this assembly, I mean the majority, the um, the progressives on the assembly seem to keep coming with solutions and looking for problems to fit them into. And I think the election was one of those, the mail-in. There was nothing wrong with the system we had. It was very efficient. And um, I think people trusted it a lot more mm-hmm. than this. And it, yeah. and this is way more expensive. And we shouldn't have to wait two and a half, three weeks to get results. No, we shouldn't. You're absolutely right. Well, this is a, a hot issue with, with the voters. Homelessness is as well. And right now, it's it, we've got uh, for over a million dollars a month, we're housing 450 men and women in the Sullivan Arena. And I know that the mayor is, is looking for solutions for getting people out of that and moving, moving them on a path to sort of solving the problems in their lives that have led them to become homeless. So bad things happen in life sometimes. Right. And sometimes right. people are really down on their luck. And sometimes it's an acute situation where you lose your job. You lose your spouse, you know. You lose your, your your car is wrecked, and all of a sudden you're homeless. You just don't have a big personal safety net, and that's uh, across America. But uh, there are other people who are sort of chronically homeless, or who are part of a hobo culture, and um, just they prefer to sort of live outside the realm of society. But they are using the resources to just sort of loaf around, drink, do drugs, shoot up needles and stuff. Um, so that is obviously something that people in Anchorage care about. So I think that's important as well. Now, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the area that you would be serving. So people will be listening to this all over the state, and there will be maybe 40,000 people who are in your district. I don't even know how many are in your district. Maybe you do. I'm trying to get that number. I don't have the exact number. Um, It's hard to find some of that data on the municipal website. It's been scrubbed of a lot of stuff. It has. Good yeah. point. Yeah, it has. <laughs> uh, but District 5 encompasses House Districts 16, excuse me, 15, 16, and 27. So it is um, covers, nor- it, it, it goes from North Muldoon. Um, there's a little bit um, by Turpin and Boundary that is part of Eagle River, but it's most of Muldoon all the way up, you know, through um, Chugach Foothills, Stuckigan Heights, uh, down Tudor to Elmore, so kind of the Alaska Club area in there, and College Gate. Um, hang on, I wrote all these down. Um, East High School, Brigaw, um, South Mountain View, and uh, Airport Heights, Wonder Park, Russian Jack, that kind of area. So it's, you know, the lines are never straight the way they draw these districts, but for the most part, it is um, to Brigaw and the highway um, and then Tudor Road. So it's a big area. It is a huge area. And so when people think about assembly districts, they're, they encompass you know, more than one legislative district. So these are big, legislative districts are 17,000, 18,000. This, this district is gonna be 
in the you know high thirty thousands or or more. It's it's going to be a lot bigger. And right. and right now the the person who is serving this area is the very very well known Forrest Dunbar. He he started out his career running for Congress against Con- Congressman Don Young. And then he dropped back and ran for assembly and won that seat. So then what happened? Well, and, and he, he ran, um, this was, this is his second term, mm-hmm. uh, but then he ran for mayor this year. So he's been unsuccessful in two of his political campaigns. Um, part of the issue that I have with Forrest is that we just see the world very differently. He sees government as a solution and um, has no problem raising taxes uh, he feels like big government is a good thing and that we should look to the government to solve the problems that we are facing. And I will quote something that Ben Carson said, we have been conditioned to believe to look to our politicians to solve our problems. When are we going to wake up and realize that they are the ones who created most of these problems? Um, more government, more politicians, I don't think is the solution. And um, this is a stepping stone for him. He has political aspirations. I think he is a career politician and this would be just one more step along the way for him. I am running because I wanna serve. I wanna see change. I want my hometown to look like it used to and to be able to go downtown, you drive around and you see these boarded up buildings. These are people's American dreams that have been boarded up and closed and it's tragic. We, we have to turn things around in the city and we can, we can, but it's going to take the effort of a lot of folks and people getting out and voting and supporting and volunteering. Um, it's a, it's a collective effort. Yeah, boy. And how you, you, you nailed it there. Um, we, um, we look around Anchorage and all of us can see what has happened to it. And those who've been away for a while, when they come back, they're kind of horrified at what they see because it's not the same place anymore. It is, is become so such a shadow of its former self. It was a, a vibrant city. It wasn't a city that was without problems. Uh, Alaska has always had some issues in its larger cities. We know that. Uh, and it's um, s- some of these are just urban problems that are s- familiar to lo- a lot of larger cities. But right now, what we're seeing is boarded up commercial centers and um, just neighborhoods that are run down, our roads are run down, uh, a lot of defeatism in, in Anchorage right now. Yeah. And it, it seems like this has been happening under, you know, under Mayor Berkowitz and the acting mayor, Austin Quinn Davidson. They're the ones who have been in charge for the past six years and they've been overseeing the decline. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it's, I, I don't know, I, you know, people are like, what happened? How did we get here? Yeah. And I think it really, um, the one good thing that has come out of this decline that we have seen, and in particular, the responses to COVID is that it has wakened people up. It has gotten people's attention where they're saying, wait a minute, what happened? What happened to my freedoms? What happened to our city? you see homeless camps everywhere. You know, they, I don't know if you remember years ago, not that many years ago, they started thinning out the woods in some places in an attempt to discourage the camping. Well, people don't even hide it anymore, you know, and they are, they're cropping up everywhere, all over town. Um, so it is, it is really sad. And I think, um, 
the progressives have been slowly chipping away at their agenda. While we have been living our lives and raising our families and, you know, but now people are awake and they're recognizing they need to get educated on this, their civic responsibilities and how to be involved from the grassroots. All politics is local mm -hmm. and, you know, community council all the way up. And it's really, I think we, we need an education on how people can do this because people want to make the right choices. You know, people are recognizing, I was kind of, you know, we all bear responsibility, but we can turn it around. We absolutely can turn it around. It is not hopeless. And um, it's been exciting to see the people that are coming out, just the momentum from the mayor's campaign, hundreds of people who had never been involved in politics. Um, and they realized we gotta do our part and look what they did. You know, um, people said that Dave wouldn't win. Well, surprise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there are five seats that are on the ballot this year and we need to sweep them. We need to yes. sweep them. The conservatives need that. Well, one of the, we uh, John, say again. I was going to say one of the kind of litmus, I used to travel a lot for work and, and uh, would take my family with me as I could. And, um, uh, you know, we did a fair bit of traveling. And one of the litmus tests, is, tests I always use is, do I feel safe letting my family walk on the streets of this town, whatever town we're in? Do I feel safe having my daughter, you know, run down to the front desk of the hotel and grabbing a soda? Mm -hmm. And it's a resounding no across the board right. in all of Anchorage. And this is what people are thinking when they're thinking, should I go to Anchorage for the weekend? They're thinking right. no, because right. they don't, feel that it's the baseline safety that you would uh, that you would want for your family to go stay at the Sheridan downtown does not exist right. because right. I was just in Anchorage I don't know a month ago and I was at Barnes and Noble and there's two homeless people basically having sex right in the parking lot oh, and wow. you know that's kind of stuff's happening all the time everywhere right. and is it sounds to me like that's something that's important for you for families to once again feel safe in Anchorage. Right. I mean, you want to be able to go to a park or walk on a trail. And now when you do that, you are almost guaranteed you're going to encounter some vagrancy. And and this is not to um, cast dispersions on these these individuals. But when people are inebriated or on some kind of substance, you don't know what kind of person you're going to encounter. And that's scary. Um, or if there's some sort of mental illness going on there, you don't know how people will react. So it's scary. And you're, you're kind of walking past quickly, looking out of the corner of your eye because you're uncomfortable. And you're right, this wasn't, it wasn't like this before. Um, and it, it's, we gotta, we gotta turn it around and we can, we will. We went through some rough patches in our city, uh, you know, a few years, many years back when the oil uh, boom kind of collapsed and everybody threw their keys on the, on the counter at the bank and, and left the state. And we went through some tough times and we were able to bring it back. And I just feel like it's not unsalvageable. We should be able to bring it back again, but you're starting to really pick up some momentum. And, and I wanted to hear from you uh, about some of the people who are sort of lining up on your, on your camp, on your team. And I know that you've got an endorsement from Lauren Lehman, our former Lieutenant Governor. I think that's a really great endorsement. Do you, can you tell us who else has endorsed you so far? Fred Dyson, he was on the assembly just the last uh, 
a couple years ago. A couple cycles uh, ago. Right. Fred has endorsed me. Shelly Hughes, who is out in the Valley, um, Senator Shelly Hughes. Mm -hmm. And uh, David Nelson is our representative in my district. Um, and he has also thrown his hat behind me. So those are a few of the people that are supporting me and um, have confidence. And, and honestly, I have been so encouraged by the people who have donated to my campaign. Um, I've written over 200 thank you notes and I still have quite a few more to go. Um, so it's just been exciting to see. And I've had support coming from all over the city. You know, you don't have to live in someone's district to volunteer or to donate to their campaign. So that's been really nice. Um, and it's just, I think people are ready for change and they realize we've got to help. So that's been wonderful. Right, and I believe I saw Judy Elledge at one of your fundraisers yes, that I was at. Yes, and, her and I, delightful husband. <laughs> yeah, and that's right. And I saw some other people there that I was I was pleased to see. So it's you're really starting to develop a, a really great sense of momentum. And I know you have some events coming up. Um, are are these like public events? What is what what do you have going on for the rest of the year? Right now, we are scheduling um, fundraisers to close out the year. Most of those are private in homes or businesses. Uh, we did have a public one last week at Bayshore Clubhouse, but I'm also doing meet and greets. Mm -hmm. I have started doing those, and I've done several at uh, coffee shops, Sarah's too. And that, you know, Saturday was really fun. We had quite a few people that came out. Um, and so I'm going to um, continue doing those. I can't give a set time because sometimes it changes. So I do keep that updated on my Facebook page. Um, that's one thing that I can kind of flex a little bit as other events arise. But I'm also looking at moving to a couple other local restaurants in the district to try to bring some awareness about them and some business in and just meet people in other parts of the district. So the meet and greets have been great. And if we do have any public events, those will all be posted on our Facebook page. Okay, so your Facebook page is kind of the, the place to go. And you also have a website. I do have um, a website. My campaign is Stephanie4AK. And you can find my website at stephanie4ak.com. And my Facebook page is also stephanie4ak. So, stephanie4ak.com. Right. And that's F-O-R? Yes, it is spelled out. Yeah. And so if people wanted to donate or learn more about you, I guess that's, they go to, go they can go just... there. They can um, request a sign or to host oh, something yeah. or to volunteer. Um, pretty much there's a spot there that you can check for whatever you would like to do. Um, and then you can learn a little bit more about me, see pictures of my husband. <laughs> yeah. Look at this is a really nice looking website. I'm just looking at it right now. For the oh, first thank time. You. It, it's, a, it's, it's excellent. Beautiful, beautiful photography thank here. You. Well done. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. I, I guess just um, if there's anything you want to, our listeners to know about um, how you see the future of our city, the future of our state, I mean, just, you know, is there anything else you'd like to say? You know, I am just a hometown girl. This is my hometown. And 50 years in one city is a long time. My kids were all raised here and several of them are still here. I just want them to have the same opportunities and to see this city flourish. We owe it to our kids, to our grandkids. Anchorage is a great place to raise a family. It's a great place to live. And we just need to kind of bring it back to its glory days. And we can. Um, COVID is 
only one piece of the puzzle. Uh, but this, this, a lot of the problems that we are experiencing have nothing to do with COVID. So we have to just get in there and do our part to help turn things around. Well, so that's I would appreciate that's... your vote and your support. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. This is this is really fun. <laughs> oh, good. Well, we'll have you on the show again. And I, I hope to see you sometime in the next week or two. I'll be back in Anchorage um, this week. And I know you've got events. And would you just shoot me a note so let me know where your events are going to be this weekend? And I'll, I'll stop by and, and see you in person. I'll bring you a check. And okay. a special thanks to everybody uh, uh, on the air right now who's supporting the Must Read Alaska news organization. We've got a great website at mustreadalaska.com. And the newsletter goes out three times a week. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you can get caught up with the newsletter. You see all the stories you may have missed online. And just uh, drop your email in the box over at mustreadalaska.com and get on our, news, our newsletter list. We'd love to have you there. Scott Levesque, thank you for doing all you do as our producer of the show. And I can't wait to hear your show on Tuesday. I know you're going to have a great, a great, I guess, mystery guest right now. And I'll drop in and help you out on, on the Thursday show. Now that we have uh, over 38,000 listeners, I just want to thank every single one of you. Thanks for helping us get rated on the iTunes uh, chart. If you're a supporter, thanks so much. Until next week, I'll be signing off from somewhere in Alaska.